Alcohol Beyond This Point Podcast. This isn't two podcasters talking business. This is two business guys trying to podcast. Clap that. What is that called? Uh, I would call it a clapper myself. Ooh, clap that clapper. <laughs> but um, clapper girl? I'm not actually sure. There's, I think it's called a slate. I'm like okay. 100% sure. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, hi, guys. And also gals. And... Envies of all flavors. My name is Willows, and welcome to the podcast called Alcohol Beyond This Point. This Hi. is Tyler. <laughs> Hi, Willows. Um, I am Tyler, as you so kindly uh, edified me. Um, it's uh, it's a great day to be alive um, and not be underwater. Yeah, the entire uh, fucking west coast of our country is is underwater. It just there was a bunch of landslides and the mountains coming down. Uh, it's destroyed three different highways. You know, my favorite part about this week's news is, huh? Um, there was a congresswoman that stood up in Congress in session and uh, was trying to make a case for uh, armed invasion of Australia. I have no response. I have you have stumped me. Two step, two minutes uh, into the podcast, I'll I give have you. Been, I'll I have give been you, stumped. I'll give you two guesses. Marjorie Taylor Carla Green. No, not not who it was. Oh, okay. It wasn't her. Okay. Which is hilarious. Two reasons why we should invade them? Yeah. Like two guesses. Two guesses to As get to it. one of the reasons. Um, natural resources. Uh, that was the quiet thing. Okay. What, what was the thing they said out loud? Is it even more ridiculous? Yes. <laughs> resources I... is logical. Okay, fair. Um, they like minorities too much. No. Okay. What What was it? <laughs> um, to basically not overthrow, but to uh, counterbalance and put in check the uh, tyranny that is the government that is locking down the cities because of COVID. Okay, so they're saying that the COVID restrictions in Australia are famously tight. Yep. And they're saying that is so egregious that they should invade them. Yeah. That... She's asking, like, how much longer are we going to wait until we invade Australia was basically what she said. Uh, I'm kind of down, if we're being honest. Fuck those Aussies. <laughs> I think this is just how we need to deal with everything. It's, Invasion. It, it's never gone poorly. Invasion. Yeah. I mean, it's worked out pretty well for the United States over the... Can you think of a worse place to have an insurgency? <laughs> Do you mean, like, to have, like, a land war? Yeah. 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 Then Australia. Yeah. Do they have a standing army? Well, they Do must. They... Do they need one? Well, they need one if America decides to invade They've them. They've got kangaroos. They've okay, got that's... scorpions. You know, if snakes. You... you know if you come up to a kangaroo with a with a fake pouch, they'll jump. the baby one will jump into it? I believe it. It's very cute. That's how they're... Yeah, uh, and then you get punched out by the dad. That No, that's how, like, zookeepers get them to come over them. They wear, like, a oh, kangaroo yeah, yeah. suit. Yeah. And then they, they jump in their little pouch. I like them. That's adorable. They're pretty nice. Yeah, it's pretty wholesome. Leave those... Leave leave the Aussies alone. Leave the Aussies alone. Yeah, I thought it was fucking parody when I when I saw the headline, and then I, like, read into it. What was like, the thing? Oh, oh, let's talk about this. I thought it was parody today when I saw it. Um, they're renaming the arena, Staples Center, the to... Staples Center to Crypto.com Center. Yep, twenty-year deal. 
20 years is fucking amazing. Yeah, it's the first time the name has been changed since the place was built in 99, I guess. Crypto.com is a crypto trading website, if you yep. didn't realize from the name. Um, $100 million I heard they spent. Mm, I feel like it's more. I feel like that's what I heard. Okay. Maybe my, it's a hundred maybe it's a hundred million a year, but that seems too high now. Yeah, hundred hundred years. So it'd be two pay. billion dollars for a hundred million, right? Yeah. Well, I mean you're getting naming rights on the Los Angeles like the fucking staple center. It's like one of the most iconic well, I uh, saw, venues in the world. I saw a hundred million. I'm pretty sure that was total. Yeah. But maybe maybe it's a year, I don't know. Yeah, so I mean, what do you think? Worth it? business talk. um yeah so i think in general buying the naming rights for buildings is just a dick swinging thing 100 percent. it's not nobody goes to a bank because oh i saw the td building downtown like right. i'm not going to pick my bank based on that um canada life center they just renamed the mts center to what the yep. fuck is canada life is that an insurance broker yes yeah, great west life is it? Is renamed, I legit- is renamed to Canada. Like. I legitimately was just guessing. I didn't even know that. So stuff like that I think is dumb. But I think in the crypto space where there's so many people that A, don't like have... Like I think cryptocurrency now is kind of a household thing. Mm-hmm. Like most boomers have heard about it on the news. They don't understand it, don't know what it is really. But I think most people... Over 50% of people, I think, have heard cryptocurrency now. Yeah. And so I think the this move is is good, is good for them. It's a good business move because I think it legitimizes the entire idea that's, of cryptocurrency trading. That's exactly what I was going to say. These naming rights uh, schemes are typically their legitimacy play. Yes. Like um, there was a... Um, there was a multi-level marketing uh, health and wellness company, mm-hmm. uh, Vima, who uh, they bought a the naming rights for the some basketball stadium in in Arizona. No, they didn't get the naming. I don't think they got naming rights for the whole place. Oh, it was like a lounge. Or they whatever. had, a, they yeah, had they, like a Vima lounge. Yeah, they, had lounge. A, they had a massive VIP lounge. Yeah. on the upper deck. And they and I remember they used that. And they had a billboard on the building, I think. They use because this was a company that later got um, fined and mostly shut down by the federal uh, FTC. F- no, the FCC, FTC. I don't know. The Trade Commission just does the FDA for money. Yeah, whatever. They got shut down by some American organization for basically running a pyramid scheme. Yeah, for specifically product loading and. Uh misleading advertising anyway whatever so this but this isn't alleged they were a scam and it's been proven in court so don't sue me but they bought the naming rights for a well-known lounge in a well-known stadium presumably so they can be like well we're not crooks look would would they give us a fucking name in a stadium yeah and that was used a lot by uh, affiliates too yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's kind of the same idea. Not that I'm saying crypto.com is a scam, even though I tried to deposit $1,000 one time and they took three months to return it after they failed to deposit it into my account. But that's a whole different story. Nice. Um, if you're going to trade cryptocurrency in Canada, use either Binance or uh, Wealthsimple. 
Uh, Netcoins is decent too. If you want a well simple referral link, uh, hit me up. <laughs> yeah, today's shot sponsored by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well simple. Um, anyway, but I think that the building the legitimate this will build the legitimacy of cryptocurrency as in general, and I yeah, think it's 100%. a good business move. Yeah. Because also your fucking name is crypto.com. That's a fucking genius name for a um for a cryptocurrency trading site. Yeah. Like adding uh, yeah. adding the dot com. Um what was I reading? There was a couple company like during the dot com boom, when just because you owned a website in the early nineties, people were just giving you money. Yeah. Uh people like there was brick and mortar companies that were just changing their name to dot com. And then their stock would go up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people now are doing that with the word blockchain. Yeah. They're just like a, yep. te- they're just like mm-hmm. a tech company that doesn't mm-hmm. do anything on the blockchain. Yeah, we do blockchain lawnmowers. Yeah. And they change their name to blockchain and their stocks have gone up. I've seen, I saw some article about that. It's like um, having an idea or a design for an electric vehicle and then uh, becoming worth $100 billion. So you want to talk about Rivian is is what you're saying. And, and Lucid. Okay, so Rivian I'm more familiar with. Lucid is now worth more than Ford. <laughs> Two electric car companies that haven't produced, not only haven't produced a car. No, they they both have. And uh, Lucid actually recently announced uh, like delivery dates of cars. Okay. Uh, Rivian is, has delivered about 100 cars, but they're all to employees. Yeah, they haven't sold anything to the public yet. Yeah, less than a million in revenue this year. And they're worth $100 billion? Yep. It's pretty dope. So how does something like that happen? Uh, it's backed by Bezos, for one. Uh, they they have working prototypes. <laughs> they have... I remember when a company wouldn't be worth shit till you had sales. <laughs> yeah, what a day Pepperidge that was. Car Farm remembers that. What a day that was. Um, It's gone. Wow. Uh, I think Rivian, like Rivian's been around for a while. They've been, I guess, I don't know exactly what stage they're on. I'm assuming uh, working on mass production because obviously they've got prototypes rolled out. They've been uh, in the market. I guess they've existed for a while. I I remember seeing uh, images and ads, not ads, but I saw images and uh, articles about their vehicles. Are they nice looking? Like five years ago. Yeah, they're fucking awesome. I think they look better than the Tesla. Okay. Uh, they are, they're, I think they're, they have a truck and a full size SUV. That's like truck size SUV. Those are two. Hit me up when you have a fucking electric cargo van. Right. That's what I've been saying. Yeah. So that's their front line, which I think is awesome. They started with the truck because they don't want to compete with Tesla probably. Right. And then Tesla came in with a cyber truck, but the cyber truck's like not a truck truck. Yeah, like, the cyber truck's its own. You got to be a special kind of person to get the good, to get yeah, the, sp- the cyber truck. The Rivian truck looks closer to you know, the modern trucks of today. Yeah. With a twist, but it has a boxy, very masculine look, very classic, but also modern with like the big LED strip across the front. And it's got amazing storage because obviously it doesn't have drive shaft and exhaust and all that stuff. So it's got cool storage and different things that it can show off. And yeah, it looks, it looks super sweet as far as tech goes. Um, it's something I a hundred percent would drive and would prefer over the cyber truck. You remember this uh, fucking, uh, Who's making it? I sent it in the group chat. The fucking 80s looking car. Oh. That's an EV. Uh, um, Hyundai. Hyundai, yeah. Is uh, producing this. Uh, it's El, a, is they, it El Presidente? 
Yeah. Was called? So they they took one of their cars from the eighties. That's this. It's it's the it's a Japanese uh it's a Japanese car uh, category that virtually doesn't exist here. Um, it's like their version of uh saloons. Of Those like big the ass. like big Lincoln saloon cars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I forget exactly what they're called. I think they might be. No, they're not salon. They're not saloon. Uh, salon cars are like the fucking Fast and Furious cars with the underglow and TV screens and shit. Um, shit, what is it? But basically, they're like boxy, and they're meant to almost be like a limousine. So you have like little tables and trays and cup holders. Like it's meant to be like a limousine type of experience. But they're like these full size sedans. They're typically really low, really boxy. Uh, just think you're yeah, it looks 1980s, like an, yeah. looks like an 80s uh, Cadillac or Lincoln or whatever. Mercedes. Mercedes. More so, yeah. If you've envisioned like a 19, big blocky 1980s Mercedes. But it's going to be electric. Yeah. That's the cool part. But it's going to look exactly super vintage. The quote I saw from like the guy that designed it was like, yeah, we can, we're now coming back around where we don't have to give a shit about... Um, Aerodynamics. Aerodynamics, that's, because we don't yeah. have to give a shit about emissions regulations. Oh, that's genius. I love I love that idea that we're just going to get back into ridiculous cars <laughs> well, yeah, that are like massive and clunky and yeah, weird. We, we were making these giant ridiculous cars up in, that were just giant and comfortable and like virtually impossible to hurt yourself in. Like I remember, like I used to drive a 1979 Ford um, Thunderbird and I backed into a fucking pole at like 50 and the pole broke yeah and the car wasn't even dented like because uh, the <laughs> my my uh frame came up over the bumper the frame of the vehicle would hit shit before the bumper did yeah like the thing was a tank literally i i think it's a good idea to design your car so if you hit the bridge the bridge breaks or nothing breaks. <laughs> the it's, other guy breaks. I was going to say you break. The other guy breaks. No, the issue with those cars, obviously, won't get into the semantics of engineering, but um, because they were built so strong when they did break, it mm-hmm. was, uh, you're dead. Sure. But I'm, that's, that they, works They invented crumple zones for a reason. I'd rather be dead than paralyzed. It's more like you'd rather be dead than have a broken nose, but sure. True. I'd rather be dead than alive at this point. <laughs> um, I'd rather be dead than not drive this dope-ass car. Anyway, but then these fucking meh, 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 EPA, these guys come up with this thing uh, called emissions tests where your car had to put out less emissions. So they invented the... Dodge Viper. Catalytic converter. And what's the engine called? Carbur- uh, fuel, carburetor fuel, in- fuel injected carburetor that's what they went away from yeah i had a carburetor yeah because i remember when my and car it smelled like it i'm sure my car had electrical problems yeah so i just spray quick started in the carburetor yep and it would explode literally and start the car yeah man it's awesome. <laughs> anyway and now like cars cars get cold and need to be put on a flatbed true um, anyway, but, uh, we, so we had to build small and then that's when like the, the age, you know, cars started to get smaller, more plastic, lighter. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Priuses, whatever, but whatever. And as we've gotten, you know, that was like the nineties or two thousands. 
But now I've noticed in the last like five, 10 years, I think as our engines are getting more fuel efficient, like we're just getting better at the technology mm-hmm. vehicles have been get, like SUVs became popular. Yes. I've cro- never fucking seen an SUV before 2010. Yeah. Crossovers took over cars. Yeah. Because we could get bigger again. And those are more practical. Like, yeah. And, uh, and now if it's electric, you can just be like, fuck aerodynamics. I don't need to be fuel efficient. It's, it's fucking electric. I like it. I like I, this a lot. I like this too. <laughs> yeah. Like We're going to go back to the age of fucking giant cars. The Rivian SUV looks like a uh, like a Cadillac Escalade. Like that that shape. Yeah. Okay, but let's get back into um, this company that hasn't produced any cars is worth $100 billion. Do you think, mo- like, do you think if, uh, take Elon Musk out on a date. Yeah. And so it's a world without Elon Musk. Is Rivian worth $100 billion? No. Even though they have nothing to do with each other. I think that the street, being the people that buy stocks, are overvaluing Rivian because they saw how Tesla was such an outlier. So Tesla went to the moon. So Do you those... remember... And it's it's like a self fulfilling prophecy. I remember when Tesla, when he went through all the shit, where he got like removed from his bone board, and he was almost going to go to jail. Yeah, he got the largest fine ever handed out by the FCC, I think. FTC. Yeah. Um, SEC for trading <laughs> or for saying that he was going to take it private at four twenty sixty nine. God, what a mistake that would have been. Um. And. For those of you who don't know, when you're a public company, you're publicly traded, people can just buy your part of your company. And you can, in theory, take it p- private again by buying every single share back back from the public. And then you can basically take yourself off the stock exchange and, and make yourself private again. Yeah. And there's giant companies that do that all the time. Yep. Um, and there's, there's a good number. For different of, reasons. Yeah. There's some companies that have like gone private for whatever reason because they're like oh this next phase of growth we're going for is going to kill our kill our stock but it's going to be really good for us in the long run so they'll take the they'll take their company private they'll go to like they'll approach a bank or private equity firm whatever yeah you need a lot of goddamn money to yeah. to buy your, all your shares back yes yeah, so they bought all their shares back they went private they restructured you know rebuilt for like 5 years took it public again at like 10x the original valuation yeah. and Elon said he was going to do that um and then but people thought he may have been trying to stock manipulate right because he just tweeted that stock crashed he bought a bunch of stock back and then it went up in value and he made billions right and they're like ah that's literally stock manipulation um he said no i was just taking a bunch of ambien i didn't know the fuck i was doing there was no plan (laughs) and uh they believable they settled somewhere in the middle where they were going to like they were going to make it so he could never sit on the board of a publicly traded company again. Yeah. And they settled just by taking him off Tesla's board and fining him. And like no jail time, no any. Uh, I think no admission of guilt, which is big for these people. Yes. Because uh, if you ever get a guilty charge for like any stock manipulation, uh, very difficult to work. Like to to if you have a company that's trying to go public, they won't let you. If right. you've been like convicted of a stock manipulation before 
So anyway, so that all happened at 42069. I was going to buy the dip. And then I thought to myself, you know what? I think Tesla's probably capped out. <laughs> and it's at fucking $1,300 a share right now. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. And that's uh, after the split, too. Oh, yeah, there is. there was a split, wasn't there? Yeah, so my guy, whatever, new, new co-worker, whatever guy we just hired, uh, he has a friend. This is actually a sad story. Oh, I'll prepare myself. Uh, yeah, sad, sad story warning, trigger warning. Um, so this guy... The dog bought, doesn't die at the end, does it? It's worse. Uh, so guy buys a bunch of Tesla stock, like, early. Okay. Like, under $100, I think. Okay. Uh, based, the guy that's working for you? No, his friend. Okay. Uh, and goes up, 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 up stock splits yeah and then it goes to the fucking moon yeah um his uh stake was worth over 500 grand okay and so the guy quits his job of course well, as one does uh and then whatever liquidates some of the stock is like just kind of playing the markets and was just having a fucking great time this because is a fun story i like this story it's a bull market right it is right now uh yeah guys sitting at home trading stocks doing nothing it's in the pandemic he's not going out totally isolated except for you know occasionally talking to his friends then he uh he apparently he's drinking heavily as one does he, yeah like, we're no stranger to that on this podcast right like a bottle a day or more it's what i drink and uh then all of a sudden one day he stopped responding to all his friends and his landlord found him dead on his living room floor of with a what? bottle with a bottle in his hand just drank himself to death wow He's like 26. That's fucking wild that young. Yep. You know how much fucking alcohol you have to drink to kill yourself at 26? Yeah, just like got alcohol poisoning, passed out. Wow. Yep. That is not as sad as dogs dying, but I, I can see why you think that's, that's sad. It's, it's pretty sad. Um, What happened to his stock portfolio? <laughs> <laughs> Probably went to his mom. She's single? He's 26. Now she is, yeah. He's only 26, so she's probably, what, in her 40s? Yeah, that's in uh, striking range. That's, that's in <laughs> Remember what uh, my friend Mitch yesterday said? We were, I forgot. We were talking about MILFs for some reason. And uh, Mitch was like, Willows, I thought you were into MILFs. I'm like, no, I'm into cougars. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Yeah, MILFs have, have kids. Cougars do not. Is that the differentiating factor? It's the differentiating factor in my head. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> I like older women without kids. Because then they treat you like you, their kid, and they give you, like, snacks. I think that happens no matter what. You sleep over their house, and you wake up, and they're like, I packed you a doggy bag. I think that happens and no matter like, what. And you're like, bruh. Thank. Thank. They, like, wipe your face for you? After what? I have like chocolate on my on my beer oh, or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> what would you think I was gonna say? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, it's really gross, Willis. What? what? <laughs> no, now I'm thinking about it. You know what? Let's just power through. Um, we're gonna transition here into the segment of the show that we call Shot Caller, the part of the show where you, the audience, can pick the shot that we take. Uh, today we're going back to an old favorite, um, the Barstool Sports. 
which is something actually now that I think about it, I want to talk about after Uh-oh. this. Um, the Pink Whitney in New Amsterdam. Um, so thank you, Pink Whitney, for sponsoring this video. Sorry, I kind of overpoured. I overpoured mine too to match. Don't worry. Overpoured. I'm sorry. I didn't think I'd heard those hear those words out of your fucking mouth. You should be apologizing to me. Um, the founder or CEO of Barstool Sports is kind of in some hot water right now. Oh, do tell. He raped somebody. Ooh, that's or no, so pretty he, hot. He allegedly had some sort of sexual misconduct. Alleged. Um, and then that's not the exciting part of the story. That if it was just that, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be talking about it. I don't care. Because that, ha- that shit happens all the time. But what's funny, so he has like these pizzas, I guess, these frozen pizzas. Oh, like Barstool branded? Yeah, like there. he oh, has... just meant him personally. I'm like, yeah, he, that's so, not that so, interesting. Okay, so he has like this room full of pizzas, right? So this guy. <laughs> he just has 70,000 pizzas He's in his home. he Gabagoo. And they're rotting. The Gabagoo. Anyway, um, so he has a brand of pizzas, of frozen pizzas. So all these celebrities or whatever, like right right-wing celebrities that were defending him, were posting videos of them buying all his pizzas from local stores. Nice. To, like, support him, right? Sure, of course. Um, Everyone rapes, slips up and rapes once in a while. Yeah, no, so is this, like, <laughs> is this some wild internet content where these, like, right-wing senators were, like, buying a bunch of frozen pizza... And posting about and it. And posting it. And it was just this weird... And, like, I think, like, Dana White's like like from ufc fame is like mm-hmm. was like with him like sampling p- these pizzas to like people in stores and shit it's like a whole thing um but they don't look good is the thing these frozen pizzas yeah they just look like some delicio shit like worse like i saw nice. them like on the table like made and they're like didn't look good yeah i t- okay so is that like the extent of the story is just like an allegation at this point as far as I know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, d- I was focused on the pizza thing. Yeah, don't cancel pizza, man. No, I it's it's all it's all alleged. Um he's kind of a dick as far as I know, but that's kind of his brand. Sure. Um he like union busts all the time. Like he like if you join a union he fires you. I mean, that's you're against this? No, I'm just repo- <laughs> I'm just reporting the news. I'm not taking a fucking. Uh... I was gonna say we've had some hot takes on unions in the last few days. There, Willows. No, I'm not anti-union. Yeah, I'm, I know uh... you just you just have trolls. Yeah, no, I'm not anti-union. I think unions are are a um, are a are, are capitalism. Like if you know the, if the free market wants to organize, then I th- I say they're free to go. To, they're free to do that. Yeah. Um, where I start having trouble is mandated unions and unions that have a lot of lobbying power with the government. Yeah, unions can get extremely big. Well, and, and they powerful. like they're uh, like our unions here can get um, like good example is the uh, the government run liquor stores. Yeah. In this province, um, they can get away with stuff that I can't because their union is so big. Right. And I would get my liquor license pulled for half the shit they pull they do, like they just straight up break liquor law all the time. And when I bring it up, 
to the regulators, they're like, yeah, we know we can't really do anything. So that's that shit like that pisses me off. Right. But as far as like, I mean, it's your freest to associate with anyone else. And if you want to put your power together and bargain, like, I think that's, that's capitalism in my opinion. I have no, I have no problems with unions. Yeah. Collective bargaining is, yeah, that's a hundred percent. I think within, within the ethics and within the, within the boundaries of libertarianism too. Yeah. Yeah. I have no problem with, uh, with, that's an, with unions actually, as, a, as a concept, it's an extremely libertarian idea. Free association it. and yeah, yeah, yeah. I I would agree. Um, yeah, the yeah, yeah, and yeah. You, I have no I have no problem with it morally. Most freedoms that you enjoy today, you owe, probably owe to a union. Yeah, no, I have. And the uh, unions used to have machine guns. Yeah, yeah, and mortars. Um, and they would fight the Pinkertons, and uh, you're welcome, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have any moral. There's a lot of like. That's why I'm. I'm done with politics. Speaking of done with politics, yeah. Um, Josh Mandel, who is uh, done with politics. I don't know who this is. <laughs> this is the post that I sent to the group chat, like a few hours ago. Okay, out on my phone. I, uh, I just think it's funny. Um, it's not incredibly relevant to like anything, but uh, <laughs> so this this motherfucker Josh Mandel, who's a former treasurer of the state of Ohio. Sure. Uh, like I think he was treasurer 2011 till 2019. Uh, actually did my research this time. You're welcome. Trying to get better at that. Um, he makes this tweet. Make of this as you will. Okay. Liberal Jews. Good opener. Uh, okay. Good. Great opener. I like it. Liberal Jews, and me- radical Muslims are irrelevant to our campaign. Full stop. Would that make more sense to me if I had context? Next sentence. Okay. Evangelical Christians, Jewish conservatives, so he brings the Jews back. Yeah, yeah. And devout Catholics are in our army. Okay. All right. So the liberal Jews get fucked. So the liberal Jews are going to fight the conservative Jews. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm I'm with you so far. And the conservative Christians and the Catholics, and they're all going to fight the Muslims. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, because Jews and Muslims fight other Jews and Christians. Yeah, of course, often. Routinely. Routinely, yeah. yeah. Especially in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it myself. Yeah, oh, no, I've been there. It's not it was, like... It was a bloodbath. It's not like half the state is black. Like, no no, no mention. No. <laughs> no mention of the black Well, community. this is just, just not... Just like Jews, evangelicals, Catholics, and Muslims. Like, I cannot name a Jew I met in Ohio, a Muslim... Um, I met Christian conservatives, but they were all black. You spent a lot of time in Ohio. You had a real yeah. This guy's from Cleveland. Yeah, you had a real estate company in Cleveland for for like a year. Yes, you spent a lot of time there. Yeah. So you um, you know why he was gonna put black people in the tweet, uh, but but he couldn't remember the phrase black people. He was trying to call them something else, and uh, his like secretary was like, "No, you cannot tweet that." What I was gonna say is this guy just put Jewish. Like, if you open the post with liberal Jews <laughs> like this dude just said Jew with a hard N <laughs> okay, that, that was right. the first thing that popped into my head this yeah, guy yeah. just said Jew with a hard N with a hard R you mean yeah you don't say the N, you don't say the N word by like not <clears throat> saying the N but saying the ER <laughs> like... yeah no no it's a hard R sorry said Jew with a hard R with a hard W that's actually fun fact that's what they call me Right now. Hard W. Hard W. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that actually on the street around. On the street. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah word. Um, 
<laughs> fucking liberal Jew with a hard R. Man, you. <laughs> I wish I had a hard R. If we're being honest, like you kind of give me a hard R sometimes, uh, and I hope you give. I hope I give you a hard W. Yes. Uh, like I just, I just enjoy that. I can read through my news headlines, and I can't tell you if it was like the Beaverton, which is like the Ameri- the is Canadian Onion, the Canadian Onion, that's or yeah. the Onion, or if it's like, yeah. Well, I always say that it's if like it's fucking Al Jazeera. Like I've been talking about the 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 simulation falling apart, right? Like I can't, I literally cannot tell when stuff is parody anymore. You know, there is four states now. So this is since the Trump election. People are like, "Oh wow, we got Biden in office." Which one is fine? 2021 or two? Or uh, sorry, 2019 or 2024? Which which time he was elected? Talk about 21. Okay, cool, cool, cool. When he was uh, illegitimately thrown out of office when they didn't hang Mike Pence. Um, Oh, uh, sidebar: They convicted the QAnon shaman today. Nice. Five and a half years in prison. That's not enough. Which is the large? What's the largest anyone who stormed the Capitol got? So far. Well, I'll, maybe they're on no-fly lists. I don't know. Probably not. There's probably no consequences. It's fine. Um, anyway, sorry. I got I got two thoughts in my head. So i got to get this one out first. So, Michael, there's a recent, <laughs> recent tell-all, whatever, the interview or book, or I'm not sure what it was, uh, someone that in the government in, uh, I guess, in... Oh, mm, I don't know what position he was in. Anyways, Michael Flynn calls this guy, and Michael Flynn, being the general that was under Trump, calls this guy and is screaming about how they need to get the military to seize the ballots and overturn the election. I agree with that. And I think like, it was stolen. This was this was like before. Uh, before this, like all this shit, like like it was like I think it was like around election night. Okay. So before the stop, you know, uh, the big stop the steal, the big lie, the big the big fail, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Well, there's drug dealers with ballots in their cars. Yeah, he wasn't stealing social security checks. He wanted the ballots. Oh yeah. Oh, do you, is this still going on in your story? I have another story. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, so that there's there's considerable evidence that's mounting that like obviously this administration had their hands in the January 6th failed insurrection like they they wanted it to happen 100% well, yeah, of course, of like course. they really wanted that shit to happen they just you they, know what I don't get they failed to execute but they, they were very fucking close you know what I don't care, get the ACAB people mm-hmm. like all cops are bastards people that are like we need to convict these rioters for killing capital police why? <laughs> Fuck them. Fuck that cop. <laughs> that cop that got yeah. killed? Fuck him. Are these protecting the illegitimate capital under a I false don't, president? I literally... Whenever a politician's scared, I'm a happy guy. True. We're on a fucking list. We're, we're just a bunch of accelerations. Dude, we're on a fucking list. <laughs> That's fine. Um, um, so we willingly put this out there. Why? <laughs> every week. Why? I, why? Who gives a shit? Uh, so that was it's a fucking simulation yeah so that was issue one second issue is uh, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act is a major thing that the Democrats like oh is that from Lewis and Clark yeah um, 
basically it's a na- it would be a federal uh, mandate for like this is the minimum standard for voting rights and like minimum standard for uh, like re- redistricting has to be nonpartisan it has to be actually representative of the populations that exist there so like gerrymandering is about it's going to hit probably like I think the redistricting happens next year and once that happens like the Republican victory is basically all but guaranteed for at least a decade like control of the House the Senate and the presidency is virtually guaranteed um, so they have you know 12 to 18 months to actually implement a federal act that would go figure in the world's proudest democracy I don't say best. quotations. I don't say best. I said world's proudest. In quotations, yeah. They're they are the fucking proudest. Shh, pride cometh before the fall. World's proudest, air quotes democracy. Yeah, world's proudest boys. Yeah, <laughs> boys. Scouts want to um, make a business. Okay, I, I'm going to start with the name, and we're going to go backwards. Proud boys, but B O I. I see a lot of... We only have white animals. I would say... <laughs> it's a... Okay, yeah. My mind went... It's a sanctuary for polar bears called Proud Boys. My mind went to Magic Mike. Who? Proud Boys. Is that the guy from... Uh... The male strippers. Oh, it's, sorry. It's, I thought... Um, I was thinking the AIDS guy, the basketball guy. No. Magic Johnson. Oh. Isn't that fitting? Anyways, there's five states. Uh, these are all pretty key states in terms of number of seats and whatever. Uh, they have passed voter restriction laws that are, I mean, very, very blatantly targeted towards non-white people. If we're being honest. Non-white urban people. People should be restricted to vote. People are fucking dumb. But on the lines, I disagree with. Uh, so... I think they've they've done that. You should but be in a, a landowner. In, in addition to, they have now given the state the authority to basically disagree with the election results and say, "I don't think that's legitimate." I know because it's an electoral college, right? Yeah. They can say, "I know that you said this, but we disagree, and we're going to vote this way instead." Yeah. They've legalized that. Good. In five states. Good. Let's have some fucking chaos. Because <laughs> they're not even pretending to be a fucking democracy at this point. So it's not only are they gerrymandering the ever-living fuck it's out of it. It's actually not a democracy. It's a constitutional republic. Exactly. So they, they've, they've gerrymandered the ever-living fuck out of it. And then on, on top of that, they're going to redistrict the shit out of it. So they repress the vote. You redistrict the vote. And then if the vote still loses, they can overturn it. I love it. It's, it's fucking solid... Leadership. Here's all and my good governance. Here's is all where I'm going. Here's with this. my opinion: is that if you are about to introduce a law, or if you're excited for your politician introducing a law, just imagine if the other side was using that law against you. A hundred percent. If you're yeah. pissed off, then don't pass the law. Yeah. Right. Um. So here's a story I heard today or yesterday that I thought was really interesting. So. Uh, Unlike America, who only got a single $1,200 check for their stimulus, um, many Canadians... Not entirely true. There was, there was EI top-ups and stuff. Many 
Canadians, I think like 70, 60% of Canadians got $2,000 a month for like nearly two years. Yeah. Uh, in the form of CERB, Canadian Emergency Response Benefits, and uh, CRB, which was something else. Canadian Recovery Benefits. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. But people were getting about 2000 to $1,500 a month um, while the pandemic was happening. Um, I read organized crime in Canada um, was able to scam like a hundred million dollars out of the government. Nice. By stealing people's identities who qualified for CERB but weren't getting it, registering for CERB, and then just collecting the direct deposits or the checks. Nice. That's a good hustle. That's like Florida. I love it. That's like that's like a third of Florida's GDP is is fraud. Right? Social security Social fraud. Social security fraud. Yeah. Um, it's just. Entrepreneurial. So, uh, <laughs> well, I want to talk about it more, but I'll, I'll just finish the context. So, because if people, if you steal someone's credit card and their mm -hmm. identity, yeah, and you take out a bunch of credit and you buy a bunch of shit, they're gonna fucking notice. And Eventually, you might be, yeah. and you might be able to get away with some shit, but they will shut it down. The bank will refund them. Like it's sometimes okay, but you know you're insured for that shit. Whatever. Yeah. The smartest way to do it is steal someone's identity and then sign up for like benefits. Yeah, rather if they're than get, not, get loans. Because yeah. if they're not missing anything, they're never going to notice, right? Yeah. Like if just a $2,000 check was just going to a different address. Only difference would be when it comes to tax time, then they figure it out, but... Yeah, but then you can probably prove you were frauded. Right, no, I mean like that's when you get found out. But yeah, you're you're not, quote, hurting anybody. Yeah, well, that's that was gonna be my first question. Is that do you think this is morally wrong? I think it's morally wrong in the in the way that like stealing the government's money is just really fucking over the public. Is it though? It isn't. It isn't. I'm I'm a very big. It doesn't steal as much as you possibly can from the government. Right, but Robin Hood, baby. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm in agreement with that, but also like I feel like is is the optics. I think the optics are almost more important than the act, right? Well, I don't think organized crime gives a shit about the optics. I'm just asking, You're asking what, about the morality. Well, I'm just asking what your opinion is. I don't know if I had the opportunity to make a hundred million dollars off of Serb. <laughs> you would have. I would probably be in Panama right now. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. How much money would it take for you to renounce your Canadian citizenship and leave? Mm. It probably wouldn't be an amount of money. Okay. It would probably have to be extenuating circumstances. Like, like, cause it's not that I'm like walking away from Canadian citizenship and the passport and shit would be like me walking away from my family for life. Effectively. Yes. Unless you could fly them to yourself. Yeah. So, yeah. but you're more or less walking away from your family and your friends and everything that you know for life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think there's an amount of money that I would take. That's fair. But if there was extenuating circumstances, and I'm like, I think I just want to fucking leave. Mm -hmm. I would, I would do it for no money. <laughs> okay, all right. So I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a, it's a rough question. It's like put a price, put a price on family and everything you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like no. You could just Skype them probably through a through a VPN. That's, that's <laughs> not problematic. It's fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. I uh, Canada's a per, like our passport's pretty powerful as it, far as yeah. like what it allows us. 
Uh, we're probably bad people to ask that though. Like entrepreneurial business owners are probably bad people to ask. Like <laughs> how much money would it take to just leave everything? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like, oh, well, let me start on my next idea. Well, cause I have ton- I want, no, I, I mean like I have a ton of assets here. Like I have, oh. I have businesses and right. residual income and like, you know, a, a ton of stuff I can't just give up. But like the average person just has like, well, you know, like no assets and like whatever. Right. So speaking of business. Oh, thank God. This is a business. That was podcast a really after. weak segue. <laughs> but um, I want to pivot back to the, uh, the acute issues we're dealing with right now in Manitoba. We're dealing with cute Canada. issues. Yeah. Very cute. I love cute. The flooding. Yes. That is not at all related to or relevant to climate change. Doomsday. Yeah, I think everyone is agreeing that this, the all these uh, landslides and flooding in BC is, is because of climate change. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty agreed upon, I think, by the experts at this point. Yeah, 100%. There's not much... What I didn't there, know... There's, there's really any debate around What that. I didn't know, what I posted in the group chat today, that the Fraser Valley, that entire valley, is was a lake. And now it is again. And they pumped it out. People, colonizers. Right. We dammed and made it not a lake. So it's almost like... Karma? Well, I didn't want to say that, but like I saw... Something that was like, yeah, well, colonizers are getting fucking like. It was you know, a lake for a reason. It is where the water goes. Yeah, it's like you know the fucking. If we gave the land back to the natives, they wouldn't have made it a fucking yeah, lake so or a valley, right? Like, here's a thought experiment. Uh, not a thought experiment. This is a real life motherfucking experiment. Take a bucket of water. Uh, go out to your driveway and take two buckets of water. Actually, this will save you time. Where am I gonna get two buckets? Uh, ask your mom. <laughs> dump one bucket down your driveway see how much gets to the bottom and like on the curb whatever how much gets in the gutter take that next bucket and dump it down dump it on your lawn right next to your driveway and look how much gets onto the curb you want to save us some time and just tell us what the result of this is if you build <coughs> highways and cities and infrastructure on wetlands which, you know, are wet because they absorb, you know... Wow, it's in the name! Right? Rainfall, uh, floods, water. Uh, So you destroy all of that. You replace it with concrete. Uh, You're going to get a little bit of... uh, A little bit of running water. Also, all the vegetation that usually uh, soaks up all the water was burnt away by forest fires this summer. Right, yeah. Our Which apparently was, exasperated it. Yeah, our friend was explaining how, like, the, the roots, like, perforate from the soil into the clay layer yeah. and allow the water to penetrate down. But now that those root systems are dying or dead, uh, the water just sits on top of the clay, saturates the mud, and then the mud just slips over the layer of clay, and that's how you get these mudslides. So it's funny that um, there's always maybe not climate change deniers, but people that believe in climate change that say we can't make any radical changes to the, like, you know, stop oil production, et cetera, mm-hmm. because it will hurt the economy too much. Yeah. Right. There's those middle people that don't deny it, but they're saying, no, fuck you. We can't just get rid of cars. We yeah. can't just get rid of oil. We're going to fucking whatever. Right. It'll cost too much. The highway that just got washed away took them a billion dollars in two years to build. 
and it got washed away in 48 hours. Well, now the province, the province of British Columbia is like, we don't have enough money to fix it. Yeah. Like, they have to get federal help to fix it. And the time is and insane. The time, and course. now... We're cut off from the port of yeah, Vancouver, and, which, like, 60% of fucking right. trade so, comes through that port. Yeah, so if you're not Canadian, um, for reference, we basically... All of our country exists along the U.S. border, basically. Like yeah. Our, our civilization 95% of our population is within 200 kilometers of the U.S. border. So Canada is basically a straight line, left to right, east to west. Yeah. Uh, um, we have 7,000 kilometer straight line, but... <laughs> yeah, very, very fucking big. Yeah. Uh, and we get supplies in from either the left side, Vancouver, that comes in from China and the Asia Pacific at large, Australia, you name it. Which, I mean, name a few things made in the Asia Pacific. Uh, and then there is on, I guess, right side, not all the way on the right. We the right the, center. The furthest inland port in the world, right? I think, in, no, no, at least in North America, is in Montreal. Yeah, it's the, uh, the St. Lawrence River. So you can go all the way from the ocean all the way inland. And the port of Montreal uh, is where all the rest of the goods come in. A little bit from like Halifax, but... And if you're looking at a map, you're like, oh, what about all the, you know, the bays and tributaries and rivers and whatever from the north? It's like, yes, we have Hudson's Bay, yeah, which we can bring stuff into Manitoba, but there's there aren't even any highways from that port yeah. to the capital city of the same province. Yeah, there's no roads. It's ice roads. Yeah. Like, if there's you've, not, seen, well, and if we, you've seen the Liam Neeson movie recently yeah. or, or like the, the TV shows. like it's, Ice road truckers. Yeah, the only time they can move shit is over the frozen lakes in the wintertime. Well, and um, we used to have a train going there. Uh, we don't anymore because it wasn't making any money. Yeah. Uh, and then one of the tracks broke and they're just like, yeah, we just don't have enough money to fix it. And they just haven't. And we just don't have a train anymore. Yeah. So small charter flights is all you've got. So that's, it's what virtually is the straight unusable. up there called? The what? The Bering Strait. Is yeah, that the Bering one Strait, yeah. up, up north? Yeah. Um, which took, I think it was Bering was the guy, some like explorer had to go through with like a fucking wooden ship. <laughs> yeah. Through like, the ice. Through the ice to map all these fucking giant icebergs and shit. To make sure you could get through, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they did that till like after World War II or something. Like it was like way too fucking late. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was a little bit earlier than that. But I think it was like way later than the rest of Canada was like figured out. Yeah. We like didn't have that figured out. Well, Canada's like not very old. We're 152 years old, right? So it couldn't have been that much before the World Wars. That's right. But, um. Yeah, we're our infrastructure is basically fucked. So, if, oh yeah, we're if, fucked. So if you have anything coming in from the Asia Pacific, uh, which you know, China, Thailand, Japan, you know, places China. places where they make things, uh, where you know most of your Christmas gifts are probably coming from, manufactured. Unless goods, you shop local or shop Europe. No, shop local. No, shop Europe. No, shop local. <laughs> okay. Thank shop. you. Uh, shop local. Uh, unfortunately, uh, some of the local shit, uh, the, their supplies come from overseas. Oh, yeah. My bottles. Bottles and my labels. No, my labels don't. But probably the paper that the labels are printed on probably does come from China. No, it's probably in Canada. Pulp. We got pulp. No, we probably send the pulp to China and we get the labels back. Probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because that's how global supply chains Oh, are man. Efficient. If this doesn't get fixed soon, I'm fucked. Yeah, I'm so, going bankrupt. So what they're proposing is like bonded shipping, basically, where you can put... Or you can push goods 
over the border. Oh yeah, because we it, the it, only highway, the only highway, um, that is still connected is the one that go through through the United States. Which obviously many highways, but um, they yeah they would have to push south into the states and then back up into Alberta, because like that entire lower section of BC is just fucked and not going to be fixed anytime soon. So all of our goods are going to have to go through the states and back up. And, you know, COVID restrictions at the border, obviously. I mean, that recently was changed, but not great. If you're a courier, it's differently. If you're a certified shipping company, but now you have to deal with bonded shipping. you got to get a license for bonded shipping. Bonded shipping? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. I didn't know you were into that. I am. Um, So very fucking complicated. Just to keep the country going. So things are going to get more expensive. Stuff's going to be delayed. And the way shipping lanes and everything are right now, you throw one monkey wrench into this motherfucker. Like, it's just, it's going to make it. It's wild how tumultuous. Tenuous. Tumultuous. Tenuous. Tumultuous of a situation we are in that, like, one domino can just fuck up the entire society we have. It's always been like that. And they're saying people in BC, like our friend JL, who's been on this podcast, um, was saying that like the people there are like, oh, this is like a one in 20 year disaster. It happens maybe one in every 20 years. But now it's happening. Two have happened this year. Like it was the fires and now this. is one in 150 year. Wow. And now it's probably happening. Annually. Annually. Yeah. No, it's one in 150 year based on the old models, but on current models, uh, like the heat wave that, and actually one of the affected places was Lytton, which was, I mean, it would have been worse, but the fact that it already completely burnt down, there wasn't really any uh, fatalities. Um, I don't think anyone's died yet, right? No, there's a fatality, oh, at least one. Shame. I think there's multiple, but I heard I know at least people, one today. people were trapped on the highway because the highway on both sides of them was just washed away. Yes. They had, and they were they, trapped they had, in their cars for 24 hours. Yeah, they had military special forces basically like, evacuating them. Yeah, like them. La- rope ladder from the fucking helicopter, like grab them. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, fucking wild. So Lytton, yeah, Lytton, BC. which Is that com- ladder on like a ratchet? It's on a, it's a winch. Like a, a pulley. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah, and it ratchets up and then pulls you back up. Well, it's not a ratchet; it's a motor. But yeah, it's fine. I get what you're saying. Okay, you're wrong, but I get it. You, you know, okay. I don't know. I don't know. You're not I, en- you, what I, do I mean? You're not an engineer. The only time I ever go on one of those is in Call of Duty when you have to. I think I feel like there's every single shooter game in the world has one mission where you're about you're like getting shot and you're like. You injured rope. and then you have to carry the other guy and then right at the last second there's a rope ladder comes from a helicopter yep i feel like i've played like 40 games with that in it's a good plot line um so these cities and they, they are cities they're completely underwater like they they were evacuated six months ago some of them for last, fires for fires yeah and one of them just completely burnt down in like in a day and now they're dealing with the flooding yeah and it's, you know, once in 150 year flooding, it should, it should have been snow. So it was 30 centimeters of rain in 48 hours. Yeah. Which would have been snow normally this time of year, but because and it's been so hot. And that's <laughs> in the same year as a drought. And there's people 
there living it that are still like the fucking liberals are trying to use this disaster to push climate change bullshit on us. Which I love. That's amazing. It's we're all gonna fucking die. It's mental gymnastics. Like, like we are not a species meant to last. I know I say this every week, but, but this is ridiculous that you can live the result. Well, just like the fucking people that are getting COVID and then still deny COVID. Yeah. Like you're living through natural disasters caused by climate change. And you're like, and then when people are like, that's climate change, you're like, these fucking liberals are using a disaster to push climate change on us. Although I do agree with them in the sense where they're using using this to push their agenda, which 100% they well, just are. Just like these fucking liberals. Be, and I'll agree with them because they aren't actually doing anything about climate change. They're just using it to posture, to say That's fair. they're marginally better than the other guys. Just, so they're using, yes, they are using it illegitimately to further their goals for power. What's well, just like these fucking... And do nothing about climate. But I, my beef is because they're doing nothing about climate well, it's change. just like these fucking Democrats that fake school shootings just to push their anti-gun agenda. Yeah, all those school shootings. If they... Imagine if they banned, it, banned guns because of that fake Sandy Hook shooting. Kyle Rittenhouse, the hero might not have been able to defend himself against three unarmed people. No, one of them was armed. Oh, yeah. How's that going? Uh, you shot him once in the groin, once in the hand, once in the back, and once in the head. No, I mean the trial. Oh. Um, Last I heard, he was able to pick his jury. Yeah, he was able to pick his juror alternates, which is uh, typically done by the court. Um, Why did they let the 17-year-old kid pick his juror alternates? That's like one of, I think, seven or eight major... Like biased decisions that the judge made before the trial even, see that picture even, of even the, started. See that picture of the lawyer like with the gun? No. <laughs> oh man, the lawyer has the AR-15 th- that he used yeah. in court. Yeah. And he's like pointing it at people. <laughs> like it's obviously unloaded, but like, because he's, I, I don't know, I wasn't watching. Are you trying to bring down the temperature of the situation or how scary a fucking gun like that is? Well, I don't know. I don't know what he was doing. I just saw the like, pictures, but I think he was like trying to demonstrate, right? Like yeah. what happened or whatever. But um, it's weird. Why? Why is America let cameras in courts, but Canada doesn't? Um, America allows it. <laughs> America's I, fucked is kind of the answer to everything. I think. No, I was gonna. I think like Ted Bundy was like one of the first times they allowed cameras in court. O.J. Simpson. Like. Ted Bundy's 60s before that yeah like it's these major publicized trials they see as like for public good for everyone to know about yeah and it's not always allowed in like you have to ask basically cameras yeah because they live stream the fucking OJ Simpson one yeah like that was live on the the fucking uh, if the glove doesn't fit it you must acquit <laughs> I, I want to get back on this thread of uh, the world ending. Um, you're so depressing all the time. No, no, no. I, like we're you're coming to like a, a kind of nice uh, conclusion to this whole discussion we've had today. Were we? People denying climate change, even though it's literally smacking them in the face. Yeah. Um. You can't deny that this is incredibly consequential. So actually, right before I came here. Um, my girlfriend Carly was telling me that she was talking to one of her friends about it and her friend's uh, boyfriend is from BC and his family just lost everything. Yeah. Their house is gone. Yeah. 
Their house is gone. Everything they own is gone. Their town is gone. Their neighborhood is gone. Fucking everything's gone. Yeah. Uh, they're in um, Abbotsford. Yeah. So, like, they're obviously, they're fucking devastated. Um, at some point, the cost of inaction or the cost of ignorance is going to be so high it's just not tenable anymore like you you have you're going to have to be a fucking lunatic to not believe in climate change and to say we 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 have to, we we have to keep driving cars we or we have to keep burning coal for energy we need to keep doing xyz we can't change this because it's whatever like there's a certain point where that scale is going to tip and anyone that says you know we can't fix this because of xyz is going to be on the lunatic side i don't know it's going to happen it's I don't inevitable know because all the so the, the at least the canadian climate change because like and we're we're so, Relatively speaking to the rest of the world, we're in a pretty good fucking spot. Canada. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Like, we're pretty good. Um, so, at least the Canadian ca- climate change people I, I've met and, and heard from s- don't deny the climate is changing, but deny that humans are the main cause of it. Like, the argument is the world has cycles. We have ice ages. We have hot periods. And the hot period that we are going into right now, the carbon levels that are increasing in the atmosphere right now are pretty on par with this cycle that's happened for six billion years. Sure. That's, that's like, because a lot of the... Do, do they also accept that we have an inevitable extinction event coming as well? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> because we've... Probably depends who you talk to. The Earth has had what? We're on this. This would be the seven, seven, seven six, six or seven major extinction event. Yeah. Yeah. So by that argument, it's worse. I want to say that I per- probably do believe there is an extinction event coming, but I think humans are the most resilient um, animal that has ever been created on Earth. I don't. I I would comment and say I don't believe extinctions on the table. You think we'll figure it out? Yeah, some portion as a as a species as a species. Yeah, but the world you know today will not exist. Yeah, well, of course. Like you're talking about hundreds of millions of people dying on an annual basis yeah. from climate disasters because they just they they're gonna hit in such complex ways you can't even understand. It's gonna be people dying of starvation, people dying of uh, you know freezing to death in their homes because the power went out. It's going to be just, it's going to be a war of attrition and we just can't fight it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it'd be nice if it was some big doomsday clock. And every time we did good things to the environment, we bought ourselves more time, right? But it's like this kind of, it's not going to be a nuclear explosion. It's going to be exactly what you're saying. It's it's going to be attrition. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a death of a thousand cuts. Yeah. And it's going to be, yeah, it'll reshape things, but it'll do it. Slowly. Death of a thousand co- cuts, aka bondage shipping. Mm. Uh, so, on that note, um, it's. I think we're in one of these moments where, you know, people in fifty years will look back and be like, "How fucking stupid were you?" Like the same way we yeah. look at slavery. Slavery. The same way we look at the rise of the Nazis. The same way we look at. You know the Cold War 
and the Vietnam War and the Banana Wars. And you know what's funny? Who else did America genocide? <laughs> um, like, you, you'd be faster to name the countries they didn't genocide. Um, I can't. You know what's interesting? Canada. Wait. This just made me think of it um, when you said Nazis. Is that there's been a lot of comparisons from right-wing lunatics uh, about COVID restrictions to Nazism. Mm -hmm. Where, like, if you obey COVID restrictions, you would have let them kill all the Jews. Like, that's... I'm not saying that's my opinion, yeah. obviously. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the opinion of, of people I've seen. Some right-wing talking pieces. Um, and that's kind of interesting. Is like, the whole Albert Einstein, like... Um, all that it takes for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. Mm -hmm. Same idea with, with climate is that we're being destroyed by the U S military and six oil companies. Right. And 7.8, I think now billion people like we're coming up on 8 billion pretty quick um, in the world. Um, don't do anything because Whatever. We are too busy staying alive. <laughs> yeah. Drinking and podcasting about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, all literally, if the U.S. military disbanded, that would buy us another like 80 years. That would almost like reverse it. Almost. Yeah, but in exchange, would the would the we have a global thermonuclear war? Yeah, would the yeah. would the global security crisis end us sooner? So here's what I'm gonna say. Maybe, you know how like you got to be pretty naive to think that SpaceX and Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic aren't gonna have military applications, right? I think you got to be kind of naive. Like, I I wanna think like I'm a I'm a pretty big Elon Musk fan for the record um and I like to think that the military would be like hey we're gonna give you a ton of money make us rockets or make us like space weapons and Elon's gonna be like I don't really give a shit I'm gonna go talk about Dogecoin right I, I like to think that mm -hmm. but you gotta be pretty naive just like <laughs> I remember Boston Dynamics the robot company when they started having those robot dogs spot that was like really, it was starting to, it was like you watch videos from like five years ago and you're like, okay. And then you watch videos from like two years ago. And you're like, Oh, they're like getting good at this. Yeah. Um, and then a bunch of people were like, these are just going to be military weapons. And people were like, no, they care about, you know, whatever. Uh, they're just military weapons. Yeah. They put guns on them. Now they put now they have guns on them. Like they're just military weapons now. Right. Like you gotta be pretty naive to think that these giant rocket companies aren't just going to be, the U.S. military making space lasers. Um, but what if someone like Elon Musk was like, okay, I will sell you my space lasers, but you have to change all your fucking um, AC-130s to electric AC-130s. <laughs> From Tesla. <laughs> yeah, like may, he makes Tesla, what are those big choppers called? The like two... Rudder ones, the uh, war attack ones. Not sh is Schnuck? I think it's a. I think it's an animal. Am I wrong? 
Well, they're 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 common attack helicopters of the Apache and the Black Hawk. Apache, that's the one I'm. Apache is a is a is is native small. Um, it's skinny. Is it? Yeah, it's it's super skinny. The pilots sit one in front of the other, and yeah, yeah, it's got it's like eleven miss, kills on. Pods. It's eleven kills on. No, it's nine kills on Modern Warfare Two. Yeah, the um, no the uh, the double the double rotor one is a cargo thing. Okay, whatever. Well, I'm thinking these attack helicopters. Yeah, could those be electric? Not realistically, but they could be uh, zero carbon. What's the What's the difference? Sorry, fuel, the fuel they burn. Oh, could be like yeah. water. Yeah, they could they could run on different fuel. Okay, okay. Um, like they could run on. I mean, they're pretty much pretty close to fucking rocket fuel already. But like they run jet turbines in them. Yeah, because it's fucking like that's where all our pollution's coming from is shit like that. Yeah, the well, the big more so the big trucks and the ships and the planes, yeah. but but like the, why can't the trucks all be electric it's not reliable you think about it you could a lot of these trucks are very simple rudimentary um and it's part they, of your training as an army guy to be able to fix these right right i'm like, pretty sure think about a portable tactical emp oh could just fuck up neutralize everything. the entire military okay yeah 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 i mean you can harden things to a certain extent but like i mean they're getting better at that but like yeah, that, yeah. do you think there's Okay, like, we have to get off combustion engines. We have a finite amount of oil. We're gonna run out. Combustion engines aren't the fucking problem. What do you, what is? Uh, it, <clears throat> power generation. And, like, I think, like, power generation is one of the biggest things. Like, because they're burning coal. Burning coal, burning yeah. oil, burning gas. Yeah. Like, yeah, but if that's you're... That's massive. Okay, hold on. If you're... Air travel is another big one. Hold on. If you get... EMP'd your fucking coal plant goes stops working I'm talking like specifically military tactical operations like yeah. a tactical EMP is like let's say like the size of a grenade and has a radius sure. of 100 meters do they have those? I would be shocked if they didn't really? yeah that's a sci-fi thing no EMPs are very no no practical. I know yeah EMP is but from my knowledge to EMP stands for electromagnetic pulse. Yep. Um, it's what ha uh, when a nuclear bomb goes off. This is kind of um, less common knowledge, I guess, because when a nuclear bomb goes off, you're worried about the fucking nuclear bomb. But yep. it also creates an electromagnetic pulse in the atmosphere that just destroys and disables everything. Um, everything electronic. Yeah. So um, what if, you can do is detonate bombs in the atmosphere, like fifty thousand feet. That and so you're not affected by the blast, but it just destroys communications and stuff. Yeah, you get and, like you get like a week of fallout, but it would fry everything. Yeah, and yeah, I think I told I mentioned like the book I read on the podcast where they used like five tactical, or they used five nukes, like relatively small nukes, like much smaller than we have now. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. detonated them at 50,000 feet and knocked out like 80% of America. And that's that's real. EMPs are real. I don't think I've ever heard of a fucking small EMP. Small EMP. Yeah. I mean, it's... I. If you play video games, like they've been using... Well, no, like, I know they're in video games, but... The stuff that's in video games is almost always based on... <laughs> like, I'm not talking about like futuristic games. I'm not talking about Halo. I'm talking about sure. like... 
Tom Clancy and like Splinter Cell and yeah. Call of Duty and shit like that. Like some of that stuff well, is, is, Ca- is fantasies, but Call a lot of Duty of it's is like pretty practical. Uh, you know Call of Duty before they can release a game, uh, the U.S. military has to approve it. Right. Yeah. It's or they're or they're like don't use U.S. programmers. Right. The government's like uh, because it's a propaganda agent. Right. That's all they want is just uh, yeah fucking wild. Thanks Activision. Um. Literally. Um. Yeah, like, so, what's the salute? Like, we're going to run out of oil at some point. We're going to run out of coal at some point. Maybe stop flexing your military muscles unnecessarily all over the world for some righteous good. Yeah. Like, let's, I don't want to say let's go back to, this is basically like Trump politics, which is hilarious when I agree with the guy. But focus on defense. Yeah, but the thing is, now that you've stuck your fingers in all the pies, you can't just take your fingers out of the pies and say the pies are fine. Like, no, now they're finger pies. Like, <laughs> that was your nickname in high school, finger pie. Yeah. yeah, this the CIA's been executing leaders for decades. Yeah, like yeah. literally hundreds. Yeah, backing militias. Like they've just been fucking with everyone for so long. Yep. Um, now they're just they need a military for damage control. Yeah. Uh, like, there are things that they could do. Like, step one would be um, transparency about what they use and how, like, because there's no currently no accountability mechanism yeah. for them, period. Yeah. So, I think step one would be uh, ambiguous disclosure. Like, not unambiguous. No, spe- no, 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 ambiguous because they're never going to agree to. Unambiguous. They're not going to. You're not going to be able to blockchain, put their fucking results on the blockchain and everyone be able to access them. Right, because it would, you know, using smart data, they could basically, you could figure out all the movements of the military. Yeah. So, and the size and the scope and the, you know, what they have and what they use. Like, there, you could have internal moderation of this. Like, I, I don't think any of this is fucking feasible, honestly, but... Uh, ideas that have been floated is like, yeah, you have to create some kind of transparency so the public has to know and understand that they're like they are on the map for creating carbon. They can't just exempt themselves, which they've done. Yeah, and you got to realize when there's a COP twenty six type of co- uh, summit, like they have, you cannot say U.S. military. You have to say the militaries, yeah, the armies, the whatever, like because you can't put blame on the United States because they don't exist. When it yeah. comes to carbon, yeah, they don't exist. Like, we are so far removed from finding a solution, we're so, not even acknowledging that there's a problem yet. So I have, so okay, 150 years ago, right? Yeah, about that. <laughs> um, nobody ever thought, like, we we there was probably a lot of pro. There was like, how do how can you possibly ship stuff, you know, over, over the ocean? Yeah. Right. You can't manufacture in other countries and move it over here. Realistically, it takes months, you know, how can we possibly have a fucking system, you know, of, of infrastructure in cities if we need rail to get everything like there's this, there's no way. Right. And then somebody was like, oh, combustion engine, boom, cars. Oh, boom, planes. Oh, and we just fix those problems. Yeah. Right? Shipping containers. Like, we, somebody, I'm sure, like two people like us, 150 years ago, sat down and like, well, we can never solve that problem. And then somebody came up with something and then we did. 
So what I like to hope, and I guess what I'm asking you is, I'm not saying that. There's... Do you think there will ever be some sort of weird breakthrough that no one was expecting? It's like, oh yeah, I guess we just do it like that now. I do believe that something like that will come, uh, but I don't have faith in the implementation. Sure. I don't have faith in wide adoption because. There's no such thing as something for nothing in this space. Of course, but that's why capitalism does it. You know, like, like, bear with me. Teslas mm -hmm. made electric cars cool. Right. I don't give a shit what you say about Elon Musk. Sure, he's running an apartheid diamond mine, whatever. Priuses, no, Priuses weren't even fucking electric. But like those little, oh no, no, they were, sorry. I was thinking smart cars. Are just small cars. They're just diesel. Yeah, they're diesels. What the fuck? Okay. Te yeah. Like, Priuses aren't cool. No one wants to drive them. Yeah. I don't give a shit what you think about Elon Musk. Teslas are cool. Yeah. People like to drive Teslas. And that is making electric cars mainstream. People, 90% of the people that I know that own Teslas don't give a shit about the environment. They think it's cool and they like the car. And they don't want to pay more money for gas. Yeah. That's it. I don't give a fuck about the long term in, in like environmental. Reasons. Yeah, that'll be like tertiary. So here's what I'm here's what I'm saying is that I think something like that, it just needs to be capitalized. Capitalization, capitalism is eyes. Yes. So on that note, uh the legalization or the legitimate like the, I don't I'm, I'm words are hard legitimizing a carbon credit system speaking of globally or internationally not being able to speak i'm going to pour another shot uh the global carbon credit system got a step closer with cop 26 i like the like cap and the, trade as far as, so for viewers listeners that don't know carbon credits cap and trade they call it is a system where when you in, implement it it's like a free market uh regulation of environmental pollution so right now what like what a fully non-free market looks like is just a fucking carbon tax where you just yeah. charge everyone more for using carbon what cap and trade looks like is so i want to build a factory that pollutes so the government goes yeah sure you can build that factory but you got to pay us twenty thousand carbon credits and you're like oh well i only have ten thousand carbon credits so you have to build, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to build 10 solar panels. That's going to give me a hundred each carbon credits. Mm -hmm. Like for doing good stuff for the environment, you get these basically money, carbon credits, they call it. But what you can, what, how the free market part comes in is that you can buy carbon credits from other companies on the free market. So if there's a green company that's just doing a bunch of green shit, and they just have a surplus of carbon credits because they're fucking running 100% a clean operation. They can sell that for cash, make extra money, pad their ballot books, balance book, fucking pay their, pay their CEO. And then they're incentivized to do good, to let, pollute less, right. to whatever. And a real world example of that working is in Canada, in Toronto. In the 90s, we had an acid rain problem. All the pollution from the factories was making the rain acidic. I'm sure you've heard of acid rain before. Mm -hmm. I think India still has it really bad. Like, 
I don't think it's like it's not like you walk outside and it hits you and you fucking burn to death, but like it's it's acidic water. Yeah, it's not good. Not good. And we, the city of Toronto, implemented a cap and trade system, and it fucking worked, and it fixed it, and they haven't had acid rain since. I would uh, counter that with the fact that they didn't eliminate the acid rain, or they sorry they didn't eliminate the pollution. They, I'm assuming they it was migrated elsewhere, like to China. Right. Sure. But it worked. <laughs> but it, but that's why what you're saying is that if we can, if we could get the entire. Uh, United Nations to agree on it. United Nations doesn't even solve the problem. Like it's not big enough. There's n- it, you don't you don't have global. The United Nations United, is not the world. United Nations 194 member states have 210 countries. Right, but you're no. You'll, it's it's you'll no. have you'll have like Russia and China lopped out. Sure. And and U.S. will say we're exempt. Sure. Which but, is what always happens. But if they didn't... And the remaining member states are like, well, if U.S., China, and yeah. Russia don't want to do it, we're not doing um, it either. For the record, though, China has gone from like 2% renewables to like 15% renewables in like five years. They're going to do it fast at first. Because China, we've talked about this before. China is is so... Like, America's individ, individualistic. Yeah. That's how they were founded. That's how they are. China is like if you need to build a highway through someone's farm and you say, sorry, you have to move a thousand miles from here. They go, yeah, well, it's for the good. It's for the good of China. And they do it like they think very collectively. And that's the reason why they're being like, oh, we're going to run out of oil. Okay, let's go renewable. Or it's politically beneficial for us to go green. And they want to get ahead of America. Yeah. If if you could, with a single policy, be better um, economically, and with your PR and also well, politically, because think about in, with one decision, of course, take it. Think about the United Nations being like, "Hey, America, look at China; they're doing so good." <laughs> like having yeah. everyone else on your side, because I promise you, when we start having climate wars, which is, I think, there's a lot of sci-fi books about you know, wars that happen because oh, of yeah. climate change. Oh, yeah. Guess who the EU is going to side with against from America to China if one's a polluter and one's not? Right? <laughs> like... Yeah. Cheers. And if you look at a map of who is the biggest trading partner with a nation... Uh, and you see whose biggest trading partner is America, whose biggest trading partner is China. Yeah. Uh, and then look at that change over the last 10 years. Yeah. Mind-blowing. Uh, China is slowly eating up the EU. In what? Oh, like... Chi- in trade. EU isn't trading to America anymore. They're trading to yeah. China? Okay. And <clears throat> when they get there with energy, it's fucking game over. Well, imagine... Being able to sell your surplus energy to Japan, Taiwan, right, Korea, like surrounding nations, right, right. Um, now all of a sudden, if you're if if um, Afghanistan's a great example right now, if they're reliant on your grid because you sell them ninety percent of their electricity, now all of a sudden you can just cut off their electricity if they piss you off. Which is what they're doing with pipelines. Yes, but this is just new. Like, you know, it's interesting. Like, it's... um, 
I think you, I've said this on the podcast before. You ha- you'd have to be an idiot to still support um, expanding oil production and reserve. Like it's just it's which it's uh, a dying which U.S., China, and Russia, and Canada, and Canada all pointedly did not sign a treaty yeah. for coal and oil non-proliferation yeah. because they're going to be increasing their investments in oil and gas and and, and I, I i like from a purely this is a business podcast after all from a purely business um side like perspective investing in oil and gas is a bad investment right now Ob- objectively it's not i think it is i think it's a it's it's diminishing returns like you can make a ton of money in a Ponzi scheme. True. I would say that's a bad investment. I don't think... Uh, yeah, sure, you can make a Wall bunch Street of... Wall Street would disagree. Yeah, and Wall Street are all fucking crooks. Oil and gas is a great investment. Uh, there, There's... Making money quickly and a lot of it doesn't mean it's a good investment. There's options on the market right now, like in significant volume, enough that it can't be disregarded... Uh, looking for $200 a barrel. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Because if you recall, Canada's only profitable at $100 a barrel. No, some of it's like 140 Yeah, and the price of oil right now is like $40 a barrel? No. For like around 100 I don't think it's that high. Google it. It's been going up, bud. It was when it COVID. When, when gas was like eighty cents, then it was forty bucks a barrel. Oh yeah, gas is like a buck fifty right now. <laughs> but anyways, where were we going with? Yeah, because like OPEC is like fuck America basically. Okay, here's the thing about OPEC though. Uh, I mean they have a lot of reserves, but there's a decent body of evidence indicating that a lot of the producers are capped. Like they can't produce, like they physically can't produce more. Just build more, right? Build more. Right, but like in whatever time frame. Sure. They can they can drill more, whatever. Like it can be increased over time. But right now. But yeah, it's it's week by week. It's okay. it's supply demand, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they basically, if you look at how much, if you look at the demand, if you look at the price, if you look at their cost of production, uh. There's no reason that a lot of these producers wouldn't be producing more. Okay. The fact that they're not the indicates only indicates that they can't. That they can't or would be getting strong armed, but it's more likely that they can't. Okay. Cuz there's no reason for them to get strong armed, right? Cuz no, no, nobody needs a crisis. But remember a lot of these oil produ- producing countries are in conflict right now. Afghanistan, Iran, like they're sure. all Yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, again, just points back to can't. Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. Whatever the reasons. Yeah, because be. if you can't work your uh, oil rig because Taliban might shoot at you, yeah, that's just a, the same. As no re- oil. As no oil, yeah. 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 Um, the largest oil reserves in the world are under Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um, and that's made them one of the most wealthy nations in the world. Um, the only reason they're not as wealthy as America is because they're not big enough. They're not as big as America. They just haven't been doing it for long enough. Yeah. Oh, dude, I saw a fucking picture the other day of um, 
like like 20 years ago dubai yeah versus now and it's like literally like shacks in a desert versus the most developed city ever yeah utopia you know they had to invent a new star system for hotels Right, because yeah. it used to be out of five. Now they have like a seven star. They hotel. have seven star hotels now because Dubai uh, put in hotels that were so fancy, it blew away. Because like I guess they have this like five like Michelin or whoever has this fucking five hundred system. Like okay, if the bathrooms are like this, give it out of five, and the food is like that, whatever, whatever, and it maxed every single category, which they've never seen before, and they're like ah. <laughs> I guess this is better than a five-star hotel. Yeah, you can. If you, if you max every category, the categories have to be changed. Yeah, so now there's like seven-star hotels in in Dubai that that are so fancy. You know, in the Burj Khalifa, I have the hiccup. Hiccup, sorry. <laughs> you know, in the Burj Khalifa, which is the tallest building in the world mm-hmm. in Dubai, um, you can watch the sunset. And then take the bullet elevator all the way to the roof of the building and watch the sunset a second time. Yeah, for like a significant amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Uh, You have to take two elevators to the roof, two or three, because uh, physics doesn't allow you to build an elevator tall enough. You have to like split it up. Like there's too much pressure or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. You have to like have a second one. (laughs) (laughs) Big hiccup. Uh, so back to my original point we have a $200 oil which is probably outside what's actually going to happen but it, it was considered like an outside hedge wait so outside hedge on the upside wait so people are buying futures at $200 yeah no options options who's selling these options have you seen the big short I have seen the big short <laughs> it's in that region okay They'll sell you anything you want. They're like, okay, buddy. He had to we'll take your money. Big shout out the big short. It's fucking great film and all based on true events. That's actually how it went down. Um, where he was really? like, I want to bet against the housing market. And they're like, ha ha ha. And they, and he's like, no, I'm serious. And they're like, uh, and he had to invent a new kind of option to like buy against prices of houses. Yeah, and then everyone wanted one. So, in short, basically, if he wouldn't have done that, the banks would have lost out on a bunch of profit. Hot take. I don't... If well, he they won. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, it... who really won, the reason that the 2008 financial crisis wasn't as bad as it was, as it could have been is because those financial institutions that created the crisis yeah. went and bought the same options that he did. Yeah, and then you know what happened afterwards? They got bailed out. Government and, just gave them billions. <laughs> right. So they made money on the way down. So <laughs> and they, then got bailed out. And they got bailed out and they made money all the way up. Such a fucking scam. That's not capitalism. No, it's not. Um, yeah. Back back to the point. $100 oil. So you have climate change slapping you in the motherfucking face with this long ass dick. You can't that ignore That was my... You could ignore it. That wasn't my nickname in high school. Okay, thank God. I'm so sad. Finally. Uh, it's called <laughs> alcohol beyond this. I'm trying to speak. It's called alcohol beyond this point, not fucking dumb dumb beyond this point. So climate change slapping you in the face. In 50 years, people are going to look back and be like, 
how the fuck do you idiots not do anything at this point? Like, not only was the science there, but there was <laughs> literal headlines. Yeah. World is burning. World is flooding. And they'll be like, look at what it cost us, yeah. you morons. Yeah. Yeah, I you agree with you. Like, you, not that you couldn't see it coming. You could see it coming. And you but didn't you, do anything. But you could not sacrifice your comforts. Well, it's not even comforts. Like, I feel like... Luxuries. Not even, though. I feel like if we wanted to... It's whimsy. No. I feel like if we wanted to, as a society, like the West, or at least America, Canada, could literally change nothing about our daily lives and just make the transition from yeah like yeah if ever like for for a great example the province of manitoba the province that we both live in generates a hundred percent of its energy from hydroelectric power now we're in a weird situation where we have a lot of rivers we have the opportunity we have we can do it right some places are dry they don't have whatever but if every single state in the united states coordinated and Arizona and Texas built solar panels and fucking Mississippi built windmills, windmills mm-hmm. and, and fucking, um, the river ones, I guess the Mississippi, the river ones built dam or hydroelectric dams like, and the coast built fucking wave power. I did a, re- I did a report sidebar. I did a report on wave power in like grade 11 science. Yep. Why are we not funding this? Bay of Fundy, yeah. It's literally like floating generators that are powered by the waves going up and down. Is oh. what it is what generates. So, so the... that's not even tidal. Yeah, that's just waves. Yeah, that's another, I guess, version of wind wind power. But it's like, why are we not funding this? Like that seems like a fucking slam dunk. You just put them in the ocean, right? And then yeah, tidal power is another one where yeah. the tide comes in and out and it goes through these fucking generators. So before the moon, the moon powers your house. Literal. Why are we not funding this shit? Anyway, whatever. But if every the coast funded that shit, the 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 southern America did all the solar, the fucking middle America did all the wind, and the fucking river America, the swamp America did the hydroelectric. I promise you, you could come out farther than or you are with coal right now. Hot take. Nuclear. Okay, don't even get me started on so nuclear because nu- nuclear, like, sorry, fusion technology is actually getting very close. But nuclear, in general, the only downside to nuclear, like, done with modern technology, there res- is none. responsibly. There is none. Yes, there is. No, there isn't. Yes, there is. Uh, no, this is a serious discussion right now that a green future cannot be achieved without nuclear because okay. what you're describing is not possible everywhere. In America, okay. yes. I'll stop. But globally, no. I'll stop trolling and I'll be serious. The CAN2 reactors, which Canada invented, yeah. are used in like 30 other countries. I was just reading about this recently. Fucking, we stopped selling them to India after India did a fucking nuclear bomb test in like the 90s. Right, because like, they... Like, yeah. way too late. <laughs> like... And we're like, uh, no, yeah, because they were fighting China. No, 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 they were like fighting another country right beside them. This whole thing, geographically, just Google uh, Indian nuclear program. But anyway, uh, the Cantu reactors uh, invented by Canadians, um, 
are one of the most efficient nuclear reactors in the world. Uh, people forget like 60% of Ontario, our largest province, is powered by nuclear fusion. And we've never had a problem. And the only downside uh, is the waste, which is in terms of like physical, uh, you know, occupation of space and hazard and whatever, pretty minor. Call Elon Musk, Mr. I want to save the world. Uh, get him to personally sponsor and pay for a rocket that just takes nuclear waste <laughs> and just throws once every space. five years and just yeets that motherfucker into space. So as far as I understand, the... Just send it to Pluto. Our reactor that we have in Canada, the Cantu, is... Uh, it's like a different isotope or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like much better for, it's like this big. If you're watching the video version of this podcast, you can see that I'm making like a small circle with my hand. It's like a circle. It's like a foot wide. Yeah. Little rod that's spent and then they just bury it in a well or whatever. Yeah. Like the, it's in, in compared to everything else, it's extremely low risk. Oh, it's extremely safe. Um, Something like Chernobyl is what... Because oh, you don't want fucking nuclear power because Chernobyl... Do you know Chernobyl happened because something minorly went wrong? Uh, they didn't have anyone who understood nuclear physics in the building. Yeah. Nobody on staff knew anything about nuclear physics. So they just started guessing. And they fucked it up. And more people have died in the last two years from... Uh, two is maybe a bad number because everything's been closed. <laughs> more people have been killed in the last five years from school shootings in America than Chernobyl. Didn't like 30 people die in Chernobyl? Yeah. Like, fuck off. It's like Sandy Hook. Like, yeah, it's like one school shooting. Like, yeah, all, and those, then all those crisis actors died. Three, meal, three Mile Island was the other one in America. There was a nuclear... Um, reactor meltdown mm -hmm. uh, nobody died yeah it was fine and then the big one recently was Fukushima yeah which was a Japanese which was because they built a fucking reactor on a fault line which was avoidable yeah stop building reactors on fault lines you idiots yeah that one was avoidable um, they're all avoidable like that what they ha and it was also because Canada has been using like nearly like more than half of our energy generated in Ontario is nuclear and there has never been a problem in since the 60s. Yeah, no modern modern tech has virtually eliminated risk and well-funded, well-researched, regulated with oversight like it's fine. It's it's a very good alternative and it's pretty much the only alternative we have at this point. Do you know why in any reasonable amount of time? Do you know why people are scared of nuclear? Cuz bomb. They think it yeah. They think that a nuclear bomb is this. It's a different. It's a different, completely but different. This is why they're going towards. This is why fusion is exciting because it's not the same. It's not a nuclear plant. It's a fusion plant. Like it, it's different okay. technology. It yeah, doesn't yeah. have the same the connotation. No, not just that, but doesn't have the same radioactive Risk. yield. Okay. Um, it's far safer. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's cons it's one of those like impossible like the Wait, V8. Explain to me like I'm five, a fusion reactor versus a nuclear reactor. Let me Google it because sure, I'm, I'm gonna not piss quick. going to hit this at all. 
Okay, so nuclear fission is current technology. Nuclear fission. Uh, power plants have the disadvantage of generating unstable nuclei. Some of these are radioactive for millions of years. So that's that waste that you just put yeah, in a well, bunker, can't do shit yeah, about. Yeah, you, you, what they've been doing is like... Or yeet it into space. They, they throw them in a salt mines and then bury them in concrete. Right. So it becomes effectively inert because it's is down in the dirt, it's gone. Yeah. yeah. Below the water table. Um, fusion, nuclear fusion plants, Okay. on the other hand, does not create any long-lived nuclear waste. Okay. Radioactive nuclear waste. Yeah. A fusion reactor produces helium, which is completely inert. And this is a concept? Uh, it is a concept, but also uh, they're getting close in practicality. Okay. So this is what exactly what I was talking about where... That aha moment. Pre-combustion engine is that we're just pre-fucking helium reactor. But here's my... Wait, what do they burn? Or what do they... It's still... It's like uh, radioactive material, like uranium and whatever. Newton's... Well, which which law? You can't get rid of matter. You have to just convert it. Whatever law that is. I don't know which You need law. something to turn into something else. Yeah. It... But the ratio... Like, think about, like, a gas... Like, a, a combustion engine... Yeah, is something like ninety percent waste in terms the of com- en- yeah, in, pro- in well, terms of uh, energy, super inefficient. Yeah, ninety yeah. percent of the energy of that fuel is lost. Yeah, in uh, how it's combusted. Yeah, yeah, it's combusted with oxygen. Maybe not perfect mixture. It has to move a piston. The piston has friction. The the piston has to turn a crank. The crank has mass. Yeah, the crank has to turn a clutch. The clutch has resistance. The clutch has to turn a gear. The gear has resistance. The gear has to turn another gear, which has more resistance, which turns another spider gear, which turns a drive shaft, which turns a bearing, which turns a wheel, which touches uh, concrete, which like you yes. name a thing. Like yeah. everything, there's attrition along the whole uh, along the whole system. Yeah, but uh, even even I think I think not even accounting for the attrition of the drivetrain, like a, a combustion engine only has a certain level of efficiency. Obviously, it goes up over time, which is why I said earlier, replacing the car doesn't fix the problem. Like, if we fixed everything but the car, we'd probably still be golden, because the progression of combustion engines towards like maximum efficiency is. Well, and then imagine we have electric cars and we fix other shit. Right. We have electric cars. We have extremely efficient gasoline cars. We yeah. have extremely efficient clean diesels. Sure. Um, and then clean we fix, coal. And then we fix, fix everything else. Yeah. We're golden. We, yeah. we wouldn't need to get rid of gas-powered cars. So... It's symbolic. Sure. Which I think is going away with every generation. All the boomers that are like... I don't know why fucking petrol cars have are just this masculine thing yeah you should hear my van you know what i like i always said this when i was in high school and my friends had cars that and they like purposely chopped the mufflers yeah i know you did that shit too yeah um it was actually me i admit it <laughs> my, my catalytic I, converter wasn't stolen <laughs> i always preferred cars that were quiet yeah. i think that's cooler I, like a, a Fisker. Yeah. And I only know this because of the Childish Gambino song. Yeah. 
where he's like, start my Fisker, and the sound's like, brr, and then the song cuts, and he's like, Fiskers don't make noise when they start up, just so you know. Um, it was completely silent, didn't make a sound when you turned it on, and they actually got discontinued because people didn't like it. A Fisker is an electric car. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't it's, make, it's like a, it looks um, like a Jaguar. The Teslas uh, add a start sound. Yeah. That's an artificial start sound that you hear. When you hit the tes- the button on a Tesla, it goes like it's fucking, uh, the st- what do you call it? What, start. Yeah, but what? Ignition, it, yeah. Yeah, well, why is that happening? Starter motor. Yeah. It's making a fake starter motor sound. Yeah. Uh, just because people like it. And, and because they don't know when their car is starting. And one of the mods you can get is like venting from the electric motor. It it like vents uh, not air, but sound. Okay. Right out to the fender of your car. Just to make it. So you can hear the whine of the electric <laughs> engine. So you hear the. <laughs> as it speeds up. I think it's cool to have a car that doesn't make any sound. In my. Yeah. I don't know. I think well, that's. Until cool. you hit a pedestrian because you can't hear you coming. Fuck them. True. Get off the road. But, yeah. Fi- really? Fisher's discontinued? Fisker's, yeah. Fisker? Yeah. Yeah, they don't exist Fuck. anymore. Those are some cool cars. Yeah. Yeah, I only They're knew about Canadian that. Canadian, too. Are they? Really? Yeah. Really? Yep. Well, yeah, I only... Canadian company. I only know that, yeah, because uh, there's a Childish Gambino song. I forget which song where he's like, start my Fisker, and then in the background, it's like, brr, 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 whatever, and then he stops the song to be like, oh, yeah, my Fisker didn't make any noise when it starts up, just so you know. <laughs> Teslas are weird, too. They don't have any ignition on or off. You just walk in, you put it in drive. Really? Yep. They don't have on-off. They don't have ignition. Like you just literally get in the car and you, and it's already on. Yeah. And you put it in drive. And then when you stop, you put it in park and you leave. You don't I didn't turn, know that. You don't turn it off. I didn't know that. It turns the off only, automatically the only when time, you walk away from it. The only time I've ever been in my friend's Tesla's was in the back seat. I think. Yeah. No. I I test drove a P ninety D. Okay. But yeah, it's there's no ignition. Interesting. Um, but like when you drive, it, yeah. it'll like port sound in through the speakers. So yeah, because yeah. it's doing that on purpose yeah. to make you. Ford does that too. Interest, fascinating. Humans, humans are fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so, so Ford's been moving towards like four cylinder twin turbos, V6 yeah. twin turbos. Uh, their oh, everyone. For, their Ford Raptor is like this. It's got tons of power, but low emissions mm-hmm. V6 twin turbo. Well, even the new. Uh, I always make fun of Ford F-150s. Like, that's my, like, if I think you have a, if I look at a guy who I, I'm like, that guy is a small dick. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he probably drives a Ford F-150, right? Yeah. Um, These new, like, EcoBoost ones are, like, super efficient for petrol. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They're efficient in terms of emissions. They're not actually better on gas. That's what I mean. They're is no, there, they're, is they're better for the environment. Yeah, they're not, they're no better on gas than a V8. That's funny. Eh, that's fine, though, in my opinion. But they are more efficient in terms of emissions. That's, like, I, I, that's what I meant. Is like they're polluting eco, less. Like the EcoBoost yeah, was, was for the, the environment, not for you. <laughs> was for the environment, not for the gas. It was one of the biggest marketing blunders in history because EcoBoost, people assumed, meant a more economical car in terms of fuel economy. But and then they bought it, found out it wasn't. And we're like, what the fuck for? Right. So the joke was, you either get eco or you get boost. <laughs> okay. All right. So yeah. either you get fuel economy or you get power. Yeah. And the real realistically, if you're actually using the horsepower of your truck, uh, you're gonna get equivalent fuel economy to a V8 because 
you can't get around the efficiency of gasoline. So I've been driving a uh, Mercedes uh, for the last four years nearly. Mm-hmm. And uh, God damn that fucking engine's efficient. Yeah, because... Like, I get really good miles per gallon. Well, you're using a four-cylinder turbo. Yeah, it's turbocharged, but it's it's a small inline four. Yeah. But it's turbocharged. Yeah, so you have a small four-cylinder turbo, but yeah. you have, like, an eight- or seven-speed transmission. Seven, yeah, eight, yeah. Yeah. Seven, yeah. Seven, yeah. I know eight because I had an eight and I never use eighth gear. The eight, yeah, the set. Well, okay, yeah, my transmission's wild because, um, well, it's shifting so often, right? Mm-hmm. And every so I have my paddle shifters. And so every so often I'll, on my, like, the perimeter, I'll just bring yeah, out click, the paddle click, shifters click, click, just click, to have click, fun. Click, click, yeah, click, and it's click, like you're click, fucking, click, click. you're like redlining. It's like, oh, okay, redlining, fucking go. And, um, and, when you go from depends how fast you're accelerating like depends how mm-hmm. how close i have it to the ground but probably third to fourth or fourth to fifth the shift you just hear the fucking turbo go yeah and then it's like you jump <laughs> like yeah. you just go and it's like oh okay all right now we're driving but um i i i presume a lot of these european engines are cuz europe has way stricter fuel efficiency uh, laws than we do. Yes and no. Okay. Um, okay. Europe's been doing it because of fuel prices. Well, because they have high carbon taxes. That's the only well, reason. Well, like two to five dollar a liter, or like yeah, because of like taxes. six dollar, eight dollar a gallon gas. Because it's taxes. And just because they don't have the purchasing power and the resources yeah, that we have. Neither does right? Canada. We produce a shitload of oil. Uh, almost none of our oil is uh, usable for cars. Right, it's but too it, heavy. Right, no, but but it's like it's great for asphalt and stuff, but you can't really put it in. You can't refine it to be in petrol. But I mean, like our energy output and input, like what we import versus what we export, like it, it offsets. Like they just import; they don't. Sure. Have, they don't have shit. Sure. So their prices are always higher, but also taxes. It's ninety percent taxes. So, I like st- statistics of car ownership in Europe is. What, very, very low su- very surprising yeah yeah it's like something like 30 percent of families have a car yeah yeah but but their cities are made so you don't need one exactly we which do is, which is another main like i don't winnipeg we, has shitty public transit it's very cold and we're very spread out <laughs> yeah we I all mean, need cars here and our gas is affordable <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes extenuating circumstances ex- excluded um Okay, so before I forget about it, I wanted to read, uh, and we keep bouncing all over the place, obviously, because that's what we do. So, climate change, be as it is, in 50 years we'll look back like a bunch of fucking morons. Yeah. So this is a big company, about 60 years in business. Shrugging uh, doctor. Yeah. Supplier of mine uh, sends this email day after... Uh, the news, big news hits of all the roads going out. It says, uh, the rainfall over the last few days in British Columbia has caused significant flooding and disruptions to the road and rail infrastructure. By the way, the flooding we're talking about fucked up the main pipeline, the main rail, and the Trans-Canada Highway. Yeah, everything's fucked. The access highways leaving southwest BC are currently closed, and we do not yet have an expected reopening date. This has disrupted our ability to ship product within Western Canada, 
which may affect the availability of any orders which you have placed with us. We will resume transfers as soon as it is feasible and safe to do so. If any questions at all, including to confirm availability of any orders scheduled for pickup, please do not hesitate to contract contact your local branch. Is like if you ordered, we probably can't get it to you. Yeah, that's what I was because this came in today. Yeah, because we were talking about this yesterday. Yeah, ninety. And you're like, actually, I wonder. Ninety <laughs> percent of this distributor's uh, material comes from Port of uh, Port of Vancouver. Yeah. So, holy shit. Like, they're not even saying, you know, it's going to be delayed by what they're <laughs> no, like. It's just, no, it's not in, happening. Indefinitely, we yeah. can't deliver this. Yeah. And they're, like, being the guy that's always been writing these emails for the company. They're like, okay, Tyler, you know how to write these <laughs> fucking things. Everything's on fire. Like, yeah, write it so people don't panic. Because you have to tell your clients that things are going to be delayed right. now. So write it so people don't panic. This drips. Don't panic. Yeah. But is 100% panic. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. If your main distribution center is in Vancouver right now, which is, you know, most 60, of us, 60% of companies, you're fucked. So here. So looking back in history, people will see this and be like, wow, that sounds like a very fucking obvious indicator of an issue. And you know what? Would make sense. General consensus around maybe doing something about it, but you know what instead happens? You waited, <laughs> and now we're until in a disaster. Yeah. Event X happened, which was a hundred times worse, and you're like, oh, you know this was painful last time, but now it's so painful. We're literally going to die. No, we're actually, no. Uh, oh, you died. Shit. Ah, shit. <laughs> Next guy. We're going to die. Now we must do something about it. Like, human nature basically says we can get used to anything. We can adapt to change. We can adapt to new conditions. Uh, we will not change our behavior unless it is, like, acute mortal danger happening fucking tomorrow because people are like what about my christmas presents yeah they're not they're not giving shit about Forget oh about maybe that. i'll be on fire it's yeah. they care about their christmas presents yeah yeah when when the when all the christmas when christmas is canceled fully mm -hmm. will america take this seriously <laughs> yeah hopefully right and like you said earlier if you're looking at a bill or a law that's coming into place and if you can't Look at that thing and say, if it was used against me or against my party, would I still want it? Would I still support it? Yeah. Or is it still fair? Is it still good governance? Is is this responsible? Is this ethical? Yeah. Um, which I think is just kind of a joke at this point. Um, you have to fight this progression of voter suppression. You have to fight this progression of nationalist agenda. That's just being accepted because masks are bad critical race theory is destroying your children and making them feel bad and changing the energy infrastructure is going to affect the bottom line and make your 
you know, hydro prices, your electricity prices, your power prices go up at the end of the month. When the fuck is your breaking point? So It's too far. <laughs> I have zero faith. So you know how we like good transitions here at no. Alcohol Beyond this no, point? No, I don't. I haven't heard of such. And we're going to transition here into our last segment, which is called Business Tip of the Week, where Tyler and I give you business tips that we are personally going through in business. And my business tip of the week relates exactly to this, because I know some people that make a living off of uh, importing stuff from China and reselling it here. Yeah. And they are going to be fucked if we can't fix this trading route. Yep. So my business tip is maybe like as things start to get worse, climate problems start to get worse. This isn't going to get better, all this shit. I think you need to start not necessarily scaling back, but just being more aware of where your manufacturers are. Because five years ago, you could be like, yeah, you know, it's the heyday. I don't give a shit. You can buy anything anywhere, Alibaba, fucking wherever. Oh, we can get this cheaper in Thailand. Let's do that. Yeah. But if my business tip is just not, don't write, I don't think it's late and you don't have to start making the transition yet. But just if you, the business that you're running, if you want that to be your career for the next, until you retire, like for me, that, that'll that be the next 45 years, um, be aware that you might have to figure out, you know, domestic manufacturing or, you know, your supply chains that go through, you know, from Mexico instead of from China. Right. Like just start to think, start to put that in your mind. Like what if the port, you know, the, the largest port in my, um, off camera, uh, Tyler just broke a bunch of shit. He's knocked over a whole shelf and a bunch of shit. Um, I think what I was saying is, uh, you know, what if the biggest port in my country goes away? You know, what if um, what if climate disasters flood the roadways that I get all my shit from? Um, what if I live in a politically um, ambiguous place and if a climate war starts out or China starts invading us or whatever, what what does that mean for my supply lines? And that's my business tip is just start maybe even like what helps me is is making almost a a pro and con list of like what what's going to happen like not pro and con but like event and effect like make a list of okay if this happens here's how it's going to affect the business if this happens this is how it's going to affect the business so do something like that and uh, just be aware because I think in the next 5 10 20 years uh, things are going to get insane. That sounds like a risk assessment section in a business plan. I More or less, but I know a lot of entrepreneurs that don't have any idea what's happening. I Yeah, fair. I But I believe that uh, climate change is going to be like an essential part of risk assessment in uh, well, getting loans I, and financing. I heard that now business loans are making you put a... Uh, COVID. Uh, well, yeah, pandemic contingency in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this so will, this will be the next thing. Your business tip of the week, Tyler. Um, I'm gonna go a little bit meta on this. 
Uh, don't dump that over. Uh, I think that there's a great benefit to screaming into the void and reconciling this podcast with my actual day-to-day business is like there's no realistic reason that I should be spending my time on this. However, your business is what you do to earn a living, make profit, you know, exercise some skill of yours to gain satisfaction, to serve your community, what have you. It's going to serve a number of needs, but it's not going to serve intellectually often. It's not going to serve everything that you're paying attention to on a regular basis. I think my business tip in terms of is going to be more in terms of mental health and how are you going to cope with you know the fucking terrors that be and if this was a podcast about business success it would cater towards the guy that bought the Tesla stock that split and made 500 grand but that's not wholesome advice because that guy died of alcohol poisoning <laughs> because he killed himself that's not a holistic approach to business because your mental state and your ability to handle not only the money that comes to you but also what to do with it and what to do with yourself because when your needs are taken care of this is my favorite question to ask as a salesperson actually was when you achieve the goal that you're laying out for me today you want to have seven rental properties that makes x amount of money and you can effectively retire uh you have enough money to go on a trip you got enough money to buy that car you got enough money to own that house you got enough money to retire your wife put your kids through college at that point what do you do what do you do with yourself what do you do with your time what do you do with your energy people that retire are pussies it's not the retirement it's the what's on the other side of that goal you have what are you working for what are you working towards Right, those goals are ubiquitous yeah. and effective because most people never achieve them. That's a good line right there. Fucking quote it. Put it on a t-shirt, bitch. <laughs> yeah, you're always dangling the carrot because you'll never get it. Yeah, and the poors are the stick. Mm. 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 So, y- if you're if you're anything like this, you're realistically going to achieve your goals. We're probably going to fucking smash through them I'm, in the next five to ten I'm years. I'm certain I am. Yeah, we're yeah. going to smash through them. And then we're going to be like, now what? Yeah. Yeah. So not don't just focus on how do I trudge through this immediate challenge? Because ten grand in your bank account, ten grand on your credit card, 10 grand to spend on that trip next weekend is meaningless compared to uh, you actually finding the solution to that problem that hits you in the back of your head. I, I've i been, like, I've probably spent most of my life from 
a teen, uh, you know, and young adult going through uh, northern communities in Canada, speaking to communities, seeing, I I spend my time on tour. You know, we 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 talk to inner city schools, we talk to uh, isolated communities, we talk to reserves, we talk, we went to ghettos, we talked to churches, we talked to organizations that were really struggling, had kids that were, you know, extremely high suicide rates. And we've, we try to look at it was, how do you turn this around? How do you turn this crisis around? And I thought my greatest mission in life was to find that answer. Yeah. And to say, I have this formula. I can go, I can go fix these problems now. And I thought that I could go find a formula and I could go fix the problems. And then I get educated on residential schools. I get educated on, um, how race plays into it. Yeah, generational trauma. Generational trauma, just financial inequality, racial inequality, uh, political inequality. Like it just, everything that I learned just set me so far back from what I thought that I, like from even believing that there was a solution, like we just debated, is is it even possible? Everyone has that something that they want to champion, that that the little thing that they want to solve. And it's probably not profitable. It's probably not something you can write in a business plan. But maybe you just need to talk about it. Maybe you just need to write about it. Maybe you need to make a video about it. Maybe do it through pictures. Do it through art. Do it through whatever. Um, (sighs) Don't forget to foster that. Because I think in addition to the business that I, uh, you know, operate on a daily basis, I build luxury homes for people with way too much money. Yeah, you were talking about someone who spent, was like, oh, good news, honey. We sent, we saved $100,000 on our blinds. Yeah. Because they were spending like a million dollars on blinds. Yeah. Uh, that's the daily. But I do it because I take pride in my work. I consider myself an artisan, a craftsman, whatever the fuck. When, when the fucking climate apocalypse happens, you can build us a house to live in. I can build you... No, I can't build you a house, but I can trick it out with very expensive <laughs> Shit. finishes. Perfect. Uh, odds are your business is not in alignment with your true concerns. Uh, so fucking find that outlet. I don't, I'm not saying start a podcast because... I don't mean, do it. Don't compete with us. Well, not just that. It's fucking... It's, it's a cliche at this point. Oh, actually, we're, start a podcast and then collab. Yeah, we're a cliche. Write, research, volunteer, protest, chain yourself to a fucking train, blow up a pipe. Wait, wait, um, cause a cause a landslide. Wait, bleep that out. <gasps> cause a landslide. Rain all over the parade. Become a cloud. Rain everywhere. <laughs> but okay, this is going off the rails quickly. It it isn't isn't. <laughs> but trying to justify like why do I why do I spend time in this podcast when it has literally no benefit to my business well you you like spending time with me i like spending time with willows but Thank also you. i also like screaming into the void me because too. i i'm paying attention but i feel helpless and just pushing the needle a fraction of a degree towards useful from helpless even if it's this podcast, is doing great things for my mental health. And you know what? 
we might radicalize someone that'll go blow up, that will <laughs> run for office and change it from the inside, like a good Christian conservative, uh, liberal Muslim, Jewish American, right? Um, find find your shit and uh, start. I should just comment. Just comment. Shout out to the seven unique listeners we had on Spotify last episode, and the I think ten YouTube videos we got. Um, we couldn't get 17 people in a room to listen to us talk, so I really appreciate. We could get them in there. We couldn't get them back. Fair. I, I, thank you. Well, I really appreciate it. Um, this has been Alcohol Beyond This Point, episode 49. Um, my name is Willows. My name is not Willows. And if you're listening uh, on Spotify, you can now answer polls that I put on every episode. Um, so if you could fill out the poll on the episode, we would really appreciate it. And uh, if you are, uh, if you listen to last episode where I said I would wrap the anti-vax poem I received in the mail. Follow us on SoundCloud. <laughs> to a uh, to a trap beat. Um, I did it. Uh, it's on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash vote willows. You can see me rap a, um, a, a anti-vax poem. Uh, and if you want to see me rap, uh, it's on the internet. Once we hit good luck <laughs> once. Yeah. Our, uh, our, our hundred dollar Patreon <laughs> level is you can see Tyler rap. Yeah. You can see the music videos I made. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening and we will see you next week. I promise. I'm not that guy. You're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. Alcohol Beyond This Point podcast. This isn't two podcasters talking business. This is two business guys trying to podcast.